Communion. Uh, I enjoyed what we're singing this morning. Good to be in the house of the Lord. <clears throat> Let's pray that the Lord will come be with us in a mighty way. I would love to see a great revival at Fairview Memorial. I pastored nine churches. One of them had a great revival. I pastored for six years, and they were in revival for six years. We had people saved during revivals, but we had them saved all year long, just every once in a while. Somebody was saved all year long. It wasn't me. I can't take credit for that. I know it wasn't me because the church that I pastored before I went there didn't have that success. The church that I pastored after I left there didn't have that success. I know what it was. The elderly people were prayer warriors. They become prayer warriors, and uh, some people were saved early in the meeting. And uh, when I got there, and they decided anybody could be saved if they'd go out and bring them in, so they went out and brought them in. That's what it takes for a revival. I'd love to see that happen. My brother pastored Goodwill down near Hartsville, Tennessee, and one year they had 60 people saved. That wasn't in revivals, that's revivals and throughout the year. He told me that it was the teenagers, the young people, they got concerned about their friends and they began to work and they began to go out and bring people in and others followed their soup. And they had a great year in the Lord. So uh, teenagers can do it when they get right and get to be prayer warriors and go out there and labor and bring them in uh, where the preacher can preach to them. Uh, then uh, it causes a great revival uh, when, <clears throat> when it's like that. But teenagers or adults, suppose everybody goes to work. It'd be a great thing and could have a great revival here at Fairview Memorial. <clears throat> I appreciate the presence of everybody, and again, you that are visiting with us, we appreciate you being here today. We hope you'll come back every chance that you get, every time that you can, and we love to have you. This morning, <clears throat> I want to use one verse of Scripture from Revelations 20 and 15. John is talking about that great judgment day. And in that 15th verse, he said, All whose names wasn't found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I want to talk to you on the subject this morning about being cast into hell. Now, I'm talking to you about something that's serious. There's nothing in the world as serious as this thing. Hell is real. It's a literal burning fire. It's called a lake of fire twice. It's called a furnace of fire. It is an awful place where people that are not saved or where they go. You know, you've heard many times about that rich man, fired sumptuously every day. 
The poor beggar Lazarus laid at his gate and begged for the crumbs from his table. But they both died. The rich man and the poor man died. But the poor man had made peace with God. He had got saved and he uh, was carried uh, to heaven, to Abraham's bosom. That's heaven's work. Abraham was that. Uh, but the rich man lifted up his eyes, being in hell. And it says he is in torments. He begged just for uh, uh, Lazarus to come and touch his finger to his tongue with a drop of water. That's how bad hell is. Hell is awful. When I think of hell, I often think of the sun. That big ball of fire that's up there. It's just a ball of fire. Uh, the flames are miles and miles and miles and miles deep. It's so hot that we can get outside and sometimes, if you're not careful, you'll get sunburnt. It's, an, it's a, a heated place. If you were on uh, the surface of the sun in those flames, what it would be like. I don't, I'm not telling you this morning that the sun is, is hell, uh, uh, but it's something similar to that. It's flames of fire. The stars are just like the sun, flames of fire. There's one star that I read about. It's called Betelgeuse. That's, uh, uh, I think, a Welsh word. <clears throat> they say it's so big, if you said it where our sun's at, you'd have to move the earth out of the way. You think about that. I'm saying this morning to prove to you, uh, if you look at the sun and think about all those stars, God can make a hell. I'm not telling you the sun is the source of hell. I don't believe they are. But somewhere there's a place where there's a literal burning fire like that, similar to that. Hell's an awful place. You don't need to go there. You don't want to go there. We don't need to, to let our friends go there. We need to warn them. Psalms 9.17 says the wicked are turned into hell and all nations that forget God. Well, listen, if you're lost this morning, I want you to realize that all of us are wicked. Adam sinned in the garden, and when he took that forbidden fruit, his nature was changed. He became wicked by nature, and hit, that wicked nature was passed on to us. We're all wicked. When you get saved, you're cleaned up inside and the Spirit is, 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 is cleaned up and it's okay and it has a desire to please God. But the old flesh, after you're cleaned up inside, is still wants to just please the flesh. And there's a warfare between Spirit and flesh as long as you live. But listen, I'm telling you that this morning to tell you that you sin. Paul, the Apostle Paul said, your sin comes short of the glory of God. Solomon said, there's not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. The Apostle John said, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Listen this morning. If you haven't been saved, you need to be saved. You're a sinner. You sin, and you need to be saved. Uh, because hell is a real thing and death is sure. You need to pay close attention to that. Listen. John the Baptist said, Acts is laid to the root of the tree. Every tree that bringeth not forth fruit is 
cast, we'll cut down, cast into the fire. I, when I think about that scripture, I think about uh, years ago, I, I set out some peach trees, and I did everything I could to help those uh, trees along. And after a few years, uh, they didn't uh, have one peach on them. One day I went into my garage, I got my axe, and I cut those peach trees down, carried them back to the woods back there, and when they dried out, I built a fire and burnt them. That's what John's talking about. That's what happened when fruit trees don't bear, they cut down. But listen, if you haven't been saved, you can't please God. You haven't pleased Him. You see, without faith, a Hebrew writer says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. You've got to be a believer before that you can please God. So you're not bringing forth fruit. And John says you're going to be here down. Cut down. The day is coming. You don't know that it won't be today. It could be this day that your heart could quit beating. God could call you out of this world. It's a serious matter that I'm talking about today. There's nothing more serious than what I'm talking about. Luke 12 and 5. Jesus said, I say unto you, I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that can kill you. But I'll forewarn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, can cast into hell. He's talking about fearing God. God can cast into hell. Oh, we oughtn't to fear other things, but we do. Uh, listen. Every time we turn on the news, seems like anymore there's some been a shooting somewhere. There's been men with of the big guns in the streets that kill people, shot people. In places like Walmart, they go in and they, they shoot the numbers of people. They have, uh, went into schools and shot people. They've went into churches and shot people. If one of them come through the doors today with one of those big guns, uh, we would be afraid. We would all be fearing, I'm sure. But listen, you ought to fear God more than you would fear somebody like that because they can kill the body, but they can't cast you into hell. God can. Not only can, but if you don't get right with Him, He will. You need to get right with God. Second Peter, second chapter, of verse 1 through 4, Peter's talking about false prophets. Boy, the world is full of them today. There's always been, been a false prophets, false preachers, preachers that's preaching things that wasn't so, always has been. And long as time stands, I'm sure there uh, will be. But he said, speaking of those false prophets, he said their judgment lingered for just a little while. Their, their damnation slumbers. But they're going to get theirs. 
Where he went on, he said, For God spared not the angels the sin, but cast them down to hell, delivered them into, uh, into chains of darkness, reserved unto judgment. If God uh, uh, would, uh, uh, would cast the angels into hell, in fact, he uh, made hell for the devil and his angels. But when we act like uh, the devil, then he cast us into that awful place if we let that way. I'm thankful that I heard uh, some good preaching and the Spirit uh, empowered the Word and I, I got really lost and I prayed through and got peace to my soul. Listen, I'm thankful this morning above all things for that. Listen, listen. Hell is real. You need to face it up to the fact that it's real. If you're lost this morning, you're going to that awful place. You might be there before dark. You can't say that you won't. Because we don't know when that de death day comes. We just don't know. But listen, there's lots of false prophets. Do you know they're in this city preaching things that are not so? They're all over this country and all over the world preaching things that are not so. A few years ago I heard I heard tell that a preacher here in this city of another denomination on Sunday morning he said I'll not preach to you about hell on Sunday morning because you had enough hell through the week. I'll tell you right now, we have troubles and trials through the week, but none of them are close. None of them are similar. None of them get close to being bad enough to call it hell. Hell is awful. That preacher reminds me of a fellow that woke up in the midnight and in the dark night, and he looked out his window, and his neighbor's roof was on fire, and he didn't call the fire engine, and he didn't call his neighbor, didn't wake him, just went back to bed. We don't need to go back to bed, folks. We don't need to be like that preacher. We need to be telling people that they're going to hell, that they need Jesus. All of us need to be doing that. Sometimes they'll receive you good and sometimes they won't. But we ought to tell them no matter how it goes. I remember a couple of years ago there's a man who moved in out uh, about a mile and a half from where I lived and uh, he worked on lawnmowers and he worked on them probably three times for me. I got acquainted with him and I really liked the man. And I could tell that he liked me. And one day I was out there and I felt impressed to talk to him about the Lord. I asked him if he was a Christian. He said he hadn't been to church in, in 60 years. Boy, I began to tell him that he needed to get saved. And he wasn't going to pay any attention to that. And he had some things that he said. But uh, I said, listen, you're going to go to hell. He turned around and walked off and said, I've got to be somewhere. Now, Sound like he wasn't listening to me. But I just almost guarantee you that the Lord's reminded him a lot of times since that day. I don't know what he's got saved or not. But we need to tell him. We need to tell him it's a responsibility as Christians to tell lost people that Jesus saves. And if they don't get saved, they're going to hell. 
I'll tell you, it's needful. Mark 9, Jesus is talking. He said, if your hand offends you, just cut it off. What he is talking about, he don't want you to cut off your hand, but what he wants you to think about is cutting off the hand. How bad that would be. That, you'd like your hand, and it'd be an awful thing to cut your hand off. But he said, if it hinders you, cut it off. It's better to go in life maimed than to go into hell with both hands where uh, the fire is not quenched and the worm dieth not. Boy, that'd be bad. But it ain't nothing like hell. There can be anything hinder you, but whatever's hindering you, it's not worth it. He said, if your foot offends you, it's hindering you from getting saved, just cut it off. Cut it off. That'd be a bad thing. I remember one day I was a little bothered about something that working working right at at home, I can't remember what it was, and I think I went to Lafayette to get something to fix it, and I was kind of upset about it, and I went by the bank there, and as so I pulled around the back of that bank, there's a street, the bank is sitting in the corner, and that street uh, that I come out in going around the back, there was a man going down through there in a wheelchair, didn't have no legs. Boy, I felt bad. Here I was thinking I had problems, and, and that man had problems. That man had problems. He lost both legs. But I'm telling you, friends, that's not as bad as hell. Hell is worse than anything you can think of or imagine. If it would offend you, just cut it off, he said. Oh, that'd be bad. But it's better to go in life with. The kingdom of God with two. One and going to life with, with two. Better just cut it off. That's keeping you from getting right with God and going to heaven. It'd be bad just to whack your foot off, wouldn't it? It'd be bad. But it's not as bad as going to hell. He said, if your eye offends you, just pluck it out. It's better to go in the kingdom of heaven with one eye than to go into hell with two. Where the fire's not quenched and the worm doth not. It'd be a terrible thing. My eyes are uh, not very good anymore. My vision is not very good. Uh, but to pluck your eye out is an awful thing to me. But it's not as bad as hell. Don't need to let anything hinder you. Never let anything hinder you. Matthew 13, Jesus spoke a parable. Parable of the tares. He said a, a man sowed good seed in his field. And while men slept, an enemy sowed tares. And when the, the blade sprung up, his servant said, Did you not sow good seed in your field? And he said, An enemy has done this. 
They said, would you have us to, uh, uh, to gather in the towers and burn them? He said, no, leave them alone till the harvest. You might root up the wheat. Later in the chapter, Jesus, the disciples was asking Jesus about that, pra- uh, that parable. And he said, the field is the world. He said, the man who sowed the good seed is the son of man himself. He said, the enemy that sowed of the tares is the devil. He said, the good seed are the children of the kingdom. The tares, the bad seed, they are the children of the devil. Jesus consider you the children of the devil, you become children of God. He said, the harvest is the end of the world. The harvest is the end of the world, he said. There's going to come an end of the world when uh, uh, the sun turned black as sackcloth of hair, moon turned as blood, and Jesus split the eastern sky. It's the end of the world. That's an awful time. But the harvest is that great judgment day. On that great day when the Lord comes back, it's a great judgment day. And he said, there's going to be a resurrection. Everybody that's lived from Adam until that day and is dead is going to be raised. The saints of God that are raised to be given new bodies like Christ Jesus, uh, holy and without sin and no desire to sin. Uh, but those that haven't been saved are going to raise, be raised in their uh, bodies that they have now. They'll still uh, be uh, wicked inside and out. Uh, but uh, God's children, by the work of the Holy Spirit, are cleaned up here and outside too in that day. And He said they'll be gathered into judgment. They'll be like uh, a shepherd divides the sheep from the goats. The sheep on the right hand and the goats on the left. He said the righteous on the right. Uh, and the wicked on the left. He said to uh, those on the right, He said, uh, Come, uh, come thou and inherit the kingdom uh, prepared from you uh, from the foundation of the world. But to those on the left, He said, Depart from me, ye curse, into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Man. That's going to be an awful day for most of the world. That's the way it is. Seems like the most of the world is going to hell. Church, we need to reach out to those we can. Tell them about it. Tell them about it. It's important that we reach out there and tell them about it. Yes, and that, that final day, He's going to say to you, if you're lost, He's going to say, depart from you, curse, and your everlasting fire. The angels will take you and cast you into hell. And you'll be there forever and ever and ever. It's hard to imagine eternity. Time, you know, from the time you was born begins at birth, 
and then death is the end of time for you. But eternity begins, and there's no point where it ends. It just goes on and on and on. And that's the way hell is. Heaven's that way too. It's better to go to heaven. Get, get right today while you have time and opportunity. Today is the day of salvation. Don't put it off tomorrow. You can't be saved tomorrow. You need to be saved today. Tomorrow will be, uh, you'll say it's today. The next day you'll say it's today. You need to be saved right now today because I told you earlier, you may not make it through this day. You don't know. You don't have no promise. You don't need to take a chance of going to this awful place. Won't you seek the Lord? I wish you'd seek the Lord. I want us to have a song. And while we sing, I wish you that are lost would come right here, bow down and seek the Lord. Pray till you pray through. And this altar won't save you, but it's a good place to be uh, where God's people can gather in here and pray with you. We'll do that. We'll bow and pray with you. We wish you'd come today. I pray that you will. Let's stand together and sing. Please seek the Lord today. Don't put him off no longer. You've been putting him off. Quit that. Just quit that. And think about this hell to shun here and heaven to gain. Right now, come down here and seek the Lord and seek him with all your heart.